Hey, lovers of liberty, there's a little bit of cursing, just a smidgen bit of cursing in this episode. So, you know, watch yourselves. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode 14, everybody. I am Brian McWilliams. Hello, hello. I have a couple things that I want to launch into real quick here. But I do want to tell you who the guest today is going to be. Very excited to welcome in Lou Perez. Lou Perez is a stand-up comedian. He's also uh, the executive producer and uh, one of the head writers of We Are the Internet TV. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that, about his libertarian views on some current events. But first, I want to talk about a couple things, as I am wont to do. First things first, here in California, which, you know, it's very, very, uh, quote-unquote, progressive, let's say, even though you can't drink a beer at a strip club at the same time. But, you know, it's still progressive. Not to say that's that's my my main definition for what should and should not be the evolution of a society, but uh, it always cracks me up that you can't do that here. But uh, you could smoke and you could buy cigarettes for a fairly inexpensive cost up until very recently. The most recent elections or, uh, or votes, I should say, that took place on the 16th, I think it was, they had a vote. Part of that vote was to increase taxes on cigarettes, to, amounting to roughly about 3 to $4 a pack, which is, of course, insanity. It's increasing the pack of cigarettes, I'd say, basically by 50%. Now, these fees that they're tacking on, you know, they're going to pay for everything under the sun that these politicians promised for more education and more roads and more this and that. Now, you and I both know between the two of us that it's to pay for the pensions and all the unfunded liabilities that they have that they've given to all of these union workers over the years and all of these government stooges over the years. So none of that money is actually going to go towards what it's supposed to go towards. We all know that. And in all likelihood, and I'm just talking out of my ass here, but in all likelihood, it's probably just going into one big slush fund that they just pull out of, because that's what happens with these kind of things. Best laid plans, you know? However, the people can't see that, so they voted in. Now, it's a city. People can vote for what they want to vote for. But the problem I have with this is that it goes after a very specific segment of the population. And that, to me, is a bunch of BS. Because you figure, okay, smoking has receded over the years. You know, there's people that are, they, people know a lot more about public health these days. Your doctor tells you not to smoke instead of those old commercials where the doctor's smoking a cigarette. I smoke them. He smokes them. Maybe you should try them, too. Lucky cigarettes. Remember that commercial with the guy? It's literally in the doctor's outfit. But people know better now. So people that smoke, you'd make a conscious choice and you smoke. And even though there's all the hoopla about secondhand cigarette smoke, that's still not been caused to do that much damage overall. There's still very The studies are still not 100% concrete like, yes, you're going to die from this. And with the number of people that have reduced smoking over the years, it's kind of a non-issue. But it's still looked down upon you know, the liberals, they say, oh, no, no, you don't want to smoke. Healthy lifestyle, healthy you, healthy me, healthy for our whole commune here. You know, we're all we're all pitching in for health care. Health care costs are going up because of these cigarettes. So they tax the hell out of them and they don't feel bad because they feel as people are want to do. They feel that they're doing a moral good. Because they're they're stopping people from cigarette smoking. They're attacking people that they view as below them because they're smokers. Think about that for a second. Think about. If there was another segment of the population that we could say, okay, well, we're going to go tax those people because we think they're less than us. Think how crazy that would be. But that's, that is exactly what's happening here. They're demonizing a segment of the population and they're trying to tax a product out of existence. And in the meantime, riding on the backs of those people that they're taxing to pay for all these great things. So on one hand, they're saying you're worth, you're not worth dirt. We're going we're gonna to tax you out of existence. We're going to tax the thing you love until you can't afford to do it any longer. And in the meantime, we're going to use that money to, to better our society. So thank you. So F you and thank you at the same time. F you very much. That's <laughs> basically what they're saying. And this is this is goes on. And this is my problem with when I try to start thinking about legalizing marijuana. 
How you're going to have big voter blocks that are still going to say, okay, well, yeah, it's legal, but you know, we got to tax it. We got to make it expensive so kids can't buy it. And it's, you know, not everybody can just, can just grab it. And, and there's going to be smoke everywhere. We have to, we have to aggressively tax this to control it. And in a broader sense, that's my problem with democracy in general. A pure democracy is that in a pure democracy, you can see how it works. You've got now a majority that is oppressing part of the population, oppressing part of what they want to do, making their making everything they want to do cost more. And you look at, you know, people when Hillary lost the election, everybody said, oh, this is why we need a, a democracy and just a popular vote. This, this, things like this are exactly why we need the Electoral College. So the people that think one way can't enforce on other people the way that they want to live, can't tax them out of existence. So that's one thing. Just It drove me up the damn wall just thinking about it and talking to the people about it. It, it makes me absolutely insane. People that are hurting no one, they just want to relax with a cigarette, now have to pay twice as much. And you know, a lot of the time, people don't think about this either, but a lot of the time, the people that are smoking, I mean, hey, there's some, there's some foo-foo smokers out there. I know some guys that can afford to smoke all day long, no problem. But a lot of the people that do smoke, by the way, are the people that are, are tend to be a little bit on the poorer spectrum of things. One of their simple joys in life is that cigarette. So let's take that away from them. You know, it's not like they don't have enough stress in their lives. All right, that's one thing. Here's the second thing. Gorsuch. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into everything about Gorsuch. I did that on a previous show with Rico. But I want to just hit on the fact that, look, the guy is a constitutionalist. Now, you might not love everything about the Constitution, but when it comes down to it, there's a lot worse things than to be a constitutionalist. And all of these senators, I think Dave Smith had pointed this out, you know, they all swore to uphold the Constitution. And yet they're coming down on Gorsuch. They're talking about the Democrats refusing to vote for him, you know, trying to trying to block him from from getting his nomination. And I just think that that's the most sad, stupid thing I've ever heard, because all that's going to happen is that you're blocking a judge who is a lot better than 99 percent of the judges that the Republicans or the Trump could pick to put out there. Better than all. Of them. And these guys are saying, OK, no, we're going to we're going to block it. We're standing tall on this issue. And basically what they're going to do is if they don't acknowledge that this man is not so bad, if they actually try to block him, the Republicans are just going to rewrite the rules. They're going to lower the bar for entry. For Supreme Court judges. Is that good for anybody? If these idiots actually had the best interests in mind for the rest of us, they wouldn't be going out of the way to block this man who's not that bad. Because a lower entry point makes it worse for all of us across the spectrum. Now you've got people that can be put in with no problem whatsoever because you're lowering the bar. You can have trash waltzing in and becoming a Supreme Court justice because you're lowering the bar. And it's just going to go back and forth. You know, obviously the Senate, you know, the Senate constantly is flip-flopping back and forth. With, you know, every other four years it goes back and forth. So we're just going to keep lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar. And in the meantime, the rationale for opposing this man, I've read this online. Many, many of the liberal people I've seen online, they go, oh, well, Merrick Garland because they still have a stick up their ass over Merrick Garland. So instead of looking at a man rationally and saying, you know, this guy's pretty good. This guy is a strict constitutionalist. He's trying to interpret the Constitution as it was intended by the founders, which is what everybody should be doing. They're saying, oh, no, we got to, you know, we, we got to have comeuppance for Merrick Garland, tit for tat, because that's the way we should be running government. That's the way we want people to vote. Tit for tat, like it's like it's a schoolyard scuffle. Jimmy pushed me down, so I got to go and kick Jimmy in the nuts. Please do point that out. If you see anybody making the argument that Merrick Garland, well, what about Merrick Garland? Please point out them that that's the most illogical, stupid argument somebody can make. All right. One more thing. <laughs> there is a hashtag going around. It's hashtag libraries resist. And this hashtag is being propagated by librarians and by school administrators that are involved with libraries in elementary schools and middle schools and high schools and public libraries. And it's hashtag libraries resist because what they're doing is they're curating materials to push back against Trump. Oh, what to say about that? So let's say public libraries, they are publicly funded. 
they should be apolitical. They should not be in any way, shape, or form pushing any sort of agenda. That's clear enough. But at least, at least they have adults going to them for the most part. But then you've got these elementary schools and their libraries and their librarians pushing this liberal rhetoric, pushing that you have to resist against this president of the United States because they don't like the guy. That's some royally effed up BS. I mean, I you talk about the indoctrination of youth in all of these schools. We already know that's a major problem. We already know that most educators are heavily liberal. But when you start having librarians putting out materials for public consumption intended on subversively altering the mindset of elementary and middle school and high school children to push their worldview. I mean, my God, everyone, a clean house, clean them all out. A school administrator, if they walk into that room and they see hashtag librarians resist or libraries resist, I see you get one warning. You see it again. It's done. You're fired. Get the hell out. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your status is. You know, a lot of these teachers, I'm sure they've got their fantastic unions now backing them up. They're going to raise a stink, but get the hell out. It's not your job to be an evangelical, excuse me, trip no matter words. It's not your job to be an evangelical for the left. You're a goddamn librarian. Put the books out, put the books away. Maybe put a, put a book out there that you like to read. Put out to kill a mockingbird. Other than that, shut the hell up. Because that's not your job. It's not what you're paid for with tax money to accomplish. All right. That's my rant at the top of the show, guys. Remember, this is Electric Liberty Land, episode 14. Lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL14. Well, I got you listening. See, I sucked you in in the beginning, and now I'm going to hit you with the other stuff. Don't forget to listen on Mark Claire on Mondays with his in-depth interviews. This upcoming Monday actually is going to be pretty awesome. Listen to that. It's going to be Judd Weiss is going to be on the show talking about uh, the Gary Johnson campaign and some dirty dirt dirt. It's going to be a hell of a show. So listen to that one. And then, of course, we got John Odermatt always doing an amazing job on Friday with Felony Fridays. And I'm here every Wednesdays with Electric Liberty Land. Also, guys, I want to remind you to please like us on Facebook. Join the Facebook forum. You can interact with us. You just type in Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Lions of Liberty. And please support the podcast. Two ways to do it. You can buy some t-shirts at our website, lionsofliberty.store. Or you can support us through Podbean. We have a patron program that's pretty fun. We keep adding on patrons, which makes it great because we can keep growing this show. We're going to have some awesome content. We're talking about a lot of different things that we do for this exclusive content we're going to be putting out. Some special LILDL episodes. We're talking about doing some uh, Mystery Science Liberty Theater 3000 uh, type things. So a lot of good stuff that's going to be coming your way. And, uh, you know, the more support we have, the more we can do. So please do support us there. Additionally, I want to give a quick shout out to... Sponsor for today's show, Health Excellence Select. If you're you're sick of Obamacare, and thank God not Ryan Care, keeping you down, putting the boot on your neck, Health Excellence Select provides a fantastic alternative, which our very own Mark Claire used for a very, very long time. So please check that out, lionsofliberty.com forward slash health. All right, guys, I am here with Lou Perez. He is, by the way, a man I've been trying to connect with for a while now. Um, cause Lou, you know, it's funny. You, you were here in LA and then you moved to New York City, which you've been in there for what, like a couple months now, two or three months? Um, actually, I moved here, uh, moved back to New York in July of last year, but oh, okay. it, Damn. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it because I've been, uh, doing a lot of stuff like, all over the country on the road and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I'm actually just back for uh, like two days before I hit the road again. I'm I'm going to be going to uh, Liberty, Missouri, if that's not the most appropriate yeah. name uh, <laughs> possible. Um, <laughs> I'm going there and then uh, over to Denver, then to L.A. for a little bit, and then uh, and finishing up the month in uh, in Atlanta. Nice. So. Well, I will link to your do you have your own personal website? Because I have the we the internet TV website, but you have your own comedian website too that I should link to? Sure do. Lay it's it on a, us, man. And I'm gonna link to it in the show notes. It's Luperez.net. 
Hmm. Yeah. Nice. No, you got no it early enough to get the dot net, but not early enough to get the dot com. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea who Lou Perez dot com is, but uh <laughs> if if he's a listener, Lou, do the right thing, bro. Yeah, man. Give, give it that, to me. Give it up. <laughs> so as you mentioned, you know, as I mentioned earlier uh, at the very top of the show, Lou is uh part of We the Internet TV, which is awesome. It's I mean basically you guys are doing consistent political videos. They're they're funny, they're poignant, and it's you and I know it's it's Toby Morosiano, uh who I know from out here in Los Angeles, but is it just the two of you guys or are there more of you doing these these uh, hilarious videos that are taking on I mean I love it cuz you're a libertarian. And uh, Toby, I know, is not, although he is a very open-minded progressive, and I love that about him. Like, you can talk to Toby, which makes me uh, uh, so happy. But is it just the two of you guys, or are there more in this collective that you put together? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we have um, a bunch of people um, b- behind the you know behind the scenes, too, and, and behind the camera. Um, Toby and I are, are full-time uh, employees, so, you know, we're, we're doing it full-time, but... Um, you know, we do a lot of have a lot of freelancers come in um, and we've collaborated with writers, um, for example, uh, uh, Boris Haken and I is a really funny comedian out of New York. Uh, he and I worked on the video um, called So Now. So now you're worried about executive powers, <laughs> uh, question mark. Um, so we did that last year around uh, around Christmas time and that did really well. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, it's uh uh, me, you know, uh, I'm the head writer and uh, an executive producer. Yeah. So, well, tell me a little bit about why you wanted to start this. And then I want to I want to play a clip from one of my favorite videos you guys did, which is a, it's a constant question we all ask about where have all the anti-war protesters gone now that Trump's in office and he's doing the same thing Obama did, of course. But tell me a little bit about what's, you know, what spurred you on to create this. And then I'll uh, I'll cut to the clip. Yeah, um, you know, I, I wish I could say that uh, we the internet was uh, was my brainchild, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, ah, but you know, I was. I, I, I apologize. I, I I'm mistaken. I thought it was you and Toby. Like you guys got get together because uh, here, I'll give you another plug here. You're you. So for our listeners' pleasure, uh, Lou and and uh, Toby, they have a, a a show that they put on. It's a comedy show and also a podcast called Unsafe Space. So Unsafe yeah. Space takes on. Uh, any number of, of controversial topics, but you guys do a good job getting both sides of the spectrum and kind of, you know, you have an, a, a comedian and you have a, a specialist in the field and you kind of let people talk it out. And it's, uh, I mean, it's really awesome. Yeah, it's, um, um, you know, I, I feel so, you know, so lucky, um, to do it and, and to do it with, with Toby. It was, uh, basically it was, it was the brainchild of, um, the two of us just finding a moment of humanity with one another. <laughs> and the way that, I, the way I describe it, um, uh, before we started this, uh, like you said, you know, Toby's one of those, um, I don't know if I would, I would, I would call him a progressive. I, he, I think he self-describes as a, as a centrist, but, um, very open-minded, um, you know, tries to be dispassionate about, um, you know, about topics, especially, you know, controversial ones, you know, really aims to, uh, take a look at stuff rationally. And, uh, and because of that, he's so thoughtful in the comments that he gives about you know stuff happening in the world that uh, on Facebook people just just go after him. And yeah. these are like people yeah. who know him, who, who are who are you know friends of his or, or who've uh, performed with him. Like they just take it to him as if he's this uh, this evil person, depending on what uh, on what he's you know uh, you know has the audacity to question. Right. And um, and yeah, so like a while back. Um, I think I think the subject was it was around the time like uh, Michael Brown was uh, was shot, and uh, I think Toby just had you know just like a very uh, you know just a, a very straightforward uh, uh, post about it, just saying like, hey, you know, we're, we we don't know what the grand jury knows or what they heard, you know, so maybe we should um, take a moment before we start saying what uh, what we think is happening in that. Uh, you know, in that grand jury room, mm-hmm. I guess that's what, is that what it's technically called? The grand jury room? I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, might be, it might be that. And, uh, yeah. And so he, you know, he got beaten up, uh, over it, um, you know, not, uh, figuratively, not, mm-hmm. not literally. Right. And, um, yeah, the Antifa weren't prominent at that point in time. So, right, yeah. right. E- exactly. Nobody, nobody, uh, knew what a balaclava was. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah. And so I, I had, you know, done comedy with, uh, with Toby, Toby before on, uh, stand up on shows with him. So I reached out to him and was like, Hey man, you know, I, I, I really respect, um, you know, where you're coming from and what you're doing and, and, you know, you've given me food for thought and I appreciate that. And shortly after that, he said, Hey, would you like to do, why don't we do a show together where 
where we move people away from these Facebook conversations where you get to hide behind not even an alias, you know, I mean, people know who you are, but you get yeah. to hide behind your, uh, your thumbnail and all that and, and say some of the worst things and, and take it, um, you know, into the, into the RL, into real life and, mm-hmm. and have conversations uh, that, that are important. And it's been great, man. It's, it's been, uh, it's been so cool. And, and, um, a little while back, uh, we, the internet actually, uh, took on unsafe space uh so it is now a uh we the internet uh production nice yeah very good to hear well yeah guys i highly encourage you to check it out let's i'm gonna play this uh this little clip from the show and then we can come back in and talk a little bit more about uh because I, I do love getting into the you know i you know, like you say people hiding behind their thumbnails and i was thinking well they're also hiding behind their their virtue signaling so often right. on, on facebook as well so we could get in a little bit uh, of that too after this clip because it'll lay right into it so we'll be right back it seems like the anti-war movement was in full swing during the bush administration but then fizzled out once president obama took office why do you think that is well the republican party is the party of war But aren't Democrats just as guilty? Hasn't President Obama launched attacks in Pakistan, Somalia, Yemen? Yeah, right. What do you attack him with, his Nobel Peace Prize? No, with bombs and drones and sometimes ground troops. Yeah, right. What do you arm the troops with, his Nobel Peace Prize? No, with guns and grenades. Grenades? To blow up what? His Nobel Peace Prize? Do you know what the Nobel Peace Prize is? Yeah. I love it, man. That is, it, it's, it, it just cracks me up. It's about a four minute long clip, guys, and I'll embed it all in the show notes, which again, you can find at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL14. But I mean, talking about the Nobel Prize, that was, when that happened, it was probably one of the more ridiculous things I think I've ever seen occur in my life. It was like, okay, well, you're black and uh, you haven't done anything bad yet. So here's a Nobel Prize. And then, of course, he went on to just destroy it. Like, Reggie Bush, they asked for him to give the Heisman back. Why? Where's Where's the people calling for Obama to give his Nobel Prize Peace, or Nobel Peace Prize back? Right. Oh my God! You just said that Barack Obama is the Reggie Bush of Nobel Peace Prizes. <laughs> he totally, is. which which might be pretty good. I mean that that I mean Reggie Bush was was uh, was tremendous. Um, is Joe well, Biden he, his Pete Carroll? That's that's the question. Dude, you just with. got you, you just went so deep, man. You know, my <laughs> my knowledge of football is so, uh, you know, so shallow that I, I can't even fo- I can't even follow you right now. Don't even um, worry about it. <laughs> but uh, well, well, I, I'm uh, in 2012. Um, wait, no, no, 2008. Is it? That's one of it. Yeah. In 2008, I, I voted uh, for, for President Obama. Mm-hmm. And um, and, you know, even me, as you know, you call me, you know, I was a I was a supporter of his. Um, the idea of him getting a Nobel Peace Prize was very odd. You know, it was just like, what? You know, it, it sort of, um, you know, it, it seemed like it almost had that that um, vision board element to it. Like yeah. if you put if you put the <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize on your vision board, you will somehow be less of a, uh, you know, of a, of a, of a war riddled president. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I thought, I, I thought he, you know, for, for a guy who's, um, su- you know, supremely charismatic, I mean, that, that's something that, that just can't be denied. And, yeah. you know, at the, at the time, um, you know, carried himself so well as a, a in, in presidential, I, I thought, it, I thought he would have gotten a lot more, um, points, at least for me, if that matters. But yeah. for, if he just said, Hey, you know, I can't accept this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to accept this. Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's like, of course he's going to, he won't turn it down, but at the same time you would have expected like your vision board assessment there. You'd think he would try to at least live up to it in some way, shape or form. Instead mm-hmm. of just continuing on with all of the Bush era policies regarding foreign policy and then making them even worse, you know, like, you know, he's got this whole government spying ring inward focused on all of us, which is, you know, acts of war on us. <laughs> it's like he's the most peaceful president ever, uh, it, according to the committee that decides Nobel Peace Prizes. And meanwhile, he's just murdering people constantly and spying on all of us and God knows what else. Like, it just, it, it's just beyond shocking when something like that happens and hilarious. And yet you look back now and, uh, you know, progressives still, they look at Obama and they go, well, he was the best president we've ever had. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, you know, how you're able to just kind of put the blinders on if you, 
if you love the person uh, who's in charge. Um, and, you know, and I think, I think a lot of the, I think, you know, like I said before, him just being so charismatic yeah. um, and, uh, you know, having a, a great relationship with his wife and, you know, two really cute kids. Uh, 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 I think, you know, I think, they I are think cute. Sort of, we can say that now. I think yeah, they're over 18. Both of yeah. them, right? Oh, well, I, well, I met, I met cute when they were kids, man. I'm not, oh God. Don't, don't send me down this. Don't send me down that, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, he brought, uh, you know, he and, he and Michelle Obama brought, I think, glamour back to, to the white house. They did. Was, they were kind of like, they yeah. had, they really captured that JFK, a uh, Jackie O kind of feeling, you know, for better or worse from our point, cause he was so charismatic. He got away with so much shit, but they did. You're right. They did bring that glamor back. And like, he was always so stately and put together and, you know, she was, uh, in her own way, I guess, beautiful. I never personally thought she was that great, but, but you know, for <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She's better than Hillary Clinton. Um, but it does lead us into this, you know, the topic like Obama did get away with so much. And I want to talk about as like the first real topic on the show is that it just came out like Donald Trump has extended a lot of war powers that were I mean, they already existed under Obama. Obama already right. used these executive orders in Syria and Iraq and all these other places. But now Trump is looking to extend them even further and establish mm-hmm. basically uh, without any declaration of war from Congress, these massive battle zones where generals have authority without having to run it by the president to call missions, to drop bombs, to send drone strikes. And I'm guessing even, uh, you know, put boots on the ground anywhere that we're kind of involved in. It's like the, the whole state. And that to me is just, I mean, it's shocking. And to your point with the video, Yes. You know, there's now we expect the war protesters, but where was this in the beginning? You know, like, I mean, what's your take on the most recent developments going on? Um, Well, you know, I mean, when I, uh, you know, when when I read about this, um, you know, the idea he's giving the Department of of Defense greater autonomy to conduct military operations. And and that's a a sentence from uh, from the Politico article. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like, is is this him just like being lazy, you know, just like. (laughs) Him just saying like, all right, you, you guys run this, you know, you guys, uh, you guys decide what's best, and I'm just going to be over here in uh, Lar Mago or is that how do you say Lar? Mar- yeah, Mar a Lago. But that hey, isn't that it, that might be a good thing though. If he's like, I mean, do we want Donald Trump deciding these things, or do we want you know General <laughs> one Mad Dog Mattis out there, the most libertarian general who's still a statist, but you know, <laughs> the Matt. The mad dog. I wonder if he wakes up every morning and he's like, I got to live up to that nickname. Do you think when he brushes his teeth in the morning, he does that thing like in big where he's just brushing him extra hard and he's foaming at the mouth and he's like. (laughs) 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 Exactly. (laughs) Well, well, you know, um, you know, something about this, like, you know, during the the Obama administration, like this, uh, the fiasco that was that was Libya. You know, a lot of people spend spend their time, you know, talking about Benghazi. Um, and I, I definitely don't know enough, you know, to, to go into that. And, you know, it was probably, you know, brought up a lot, be, you know, because uh, Hillary would be eventually, you know, running for um, mm-hmm. for office. But um, what would really struck me is just the idea of redefining the word war, where um, basically, you know, the Obama administration was saying that for there uh, for there to be a war, you need to have boots on the ground. Yeah. If there are no boots on the ground, it's not a war. Therefore, uh, you know, we can do uh, whatever we want as far as like, you know, bombings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I, I might, um, I don't know if, I don't know if this puts me at odds with like, um, libertarians at large, but, um, I don't, I, I don't know enough about, foreign policy to, to say like, Hey, this is the way to defeat ISIS or this isn't the way or, or that, you know? So at the very least, all I would ask is for, you know, having Congress declare, right. Declare war. Get them involved. Right. Exactly. Well, Rand Paul just recently, he was out, you know, he was out there, uh, because they were talking about admitting uh, Montenegro to NATO. And Rand Paul said, well, you know what? Fine. If you want to admit this tiny country that's, you know, they get attacked, we got to go defend them. But he wanted to say, you know, if that's going to happen, we want to have Congress declare war, uh, you know, to to defend them. And 
to your point, you know, it would be nice if Rand Paul's put through several bills saying that exact thing. Like, we need to have mm-hmm. this back. Just if nothing else, have some discussion on it where the president just ha- doesn't have this unilateral ability to assign bombers. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, was, and I was thinking of it, too. You know, it's kind of like a cynical, um, you know, like a cynical way of sort of being able to play the other side. Because, I mean, if you think if, if, if you think about it, if you know, Republicans and, you know, the president were saying we need to declare war on ISIS. You know, we need like an official declaration. And again, I don't know, they're, you know, the, the wording or whatever contracts they uh, um, um, uh, treaties and, and stuff, well, you know, whatever has to go into it. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine like the position Democrats would be in to be like, no, yeah, we're not going to declare war, you know, so it, it almost I don't know, it just it seems like uh you know, even from a, you know, cynical political standpoint, that might be the way to go. Yeah. But yeah, but I but I guess, hey, if you, if you already have the power, you know, why, you know, why are you even going to, you know, start messing around with it? Um, well, it wasn't, you know, it's like you're talking about we don't know the best way to defeat ISIS. And, and I do, you know, none of us know. I, I always look historically like I, I despise John McCain so much because i feel like he advocates the exact same tactics no matter what the circumstances are which is just go in and keep bombing and keep bombing and it's like it hasn't worked for like 50 years so isis obviously is different than a lot of the traditional forces because they're not associated with a nation you know it's like they're kind of Mm -hmm. all over the place so it's hard to just say okay we're gonna go to war with iraq because they're not just in iraq but I mean, you do wonder and say, okay, if you would legitimately want to get rid of them, do you need to do a full court press where you just say, all right, we're putting all the military in right now and we're just going to mow through, you know, boots on the ground? That might be effective. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, you know, I always wonder, like, what's, you know, how often is America attacked? We've been at war. We've been in a war on terror for the past 15 years, 16 years, right, since 9-11. And in in that time... How many attacks are there? You know, like we're we're pretty safe. I don't know about you. I don't walk out of my house every day being like, ah, oh, today's the day I'm going to get blown up. You know, it's like we're we are pretty goddamn safe here. And it feels like every, all this additional things that we're doing is just going to cause more blowback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. Um, I I, uh, I did a, per, a performance uh, on Saturday in Pittsburgh at the uh, Young Americans for Liberty, oh, nice. and I, I I literally opened for uh, for Ron Paul. Hey, uh, nice. My third my third time opening for Ron Paul, but this is this is the first time like I I but the, uh, but the first time he remembered you. <laughs> no, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a he's a he's a killer act. You know, he's oh, yeah. a you know. So you gotta you gotta open for him. You can't you can't go on after open after strong. Him. He did. I hope you did well. He didn't walk up and he's like, "Thanks for nothing, kid." <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he was just cursing at me and stuff. <laughs> he, he threw a threw a drink at me in the green room. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, he he. Uh, the, he he talks about you know obviously he made the the word you know blowback uh, pretty uh, pretty popular especially uh, I think you know we all remember his uh, his little um, no, uh, tiff with, with uh, yeah with with Giuliani <laughs> yeah. yeah and and you know I mean it's it's one of those things I, I I don't think you you know can deny that you know if you are going to have a military presence uh, somewhere in the world uh, there are you know there is going to be uh, consequences to that. Um, and I guess you have to, you know, you have to, you have to weigh it. Um, you know, is it, is it worth, uh, the, uh, you know, the time, the money, um, and the manpower, mm. um, and lady power too. That's yeah, big sure. You don't want to get the, the pussy hats coming after you. Yeah. Well, I didn't serve, I didn't serve in the military. So I can't talk shit about, you know, anything. No, nah, me but, neither, man. I look like I did cause I'm going bald, but, uh, no. <laughs> Dude, that dude, that's your own war, man. Just going. <laughs> I'm losing it. I am. I am losing the war. My my, uh, my dying hair follicles are uh, yeah are are definitely besting me at, at all turns. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there is that big question. Well, especially when you look at Trump's military budget, which is like he wants to grow it exponentially, and you know, you go, yeah, what is this worth, you know, to Americans, and how much, you know, we always talk about as libertarians the sacrificing of liberty for security. And mm-hmm. we've seen all the negative sides to that. So, you know, again, every time it's no matter no matter what the circumstances. And again, like I said, I don't I don't feel afraid right now of ISIS in any way, shape or form. So mm-hmm. when I see these massive expenditures and I see 
all these other spying apparatuses and what they're doing and how the deep state is trying to take Trump down and all this stuff. And I go, well, do we really want to give the military industrial complex more power and more money? And, you know, it's like, how, how much safer are we really going to get at this point? You know? Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, no, no, oh, good. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, uh, I, I totally hear you. So, yeah. And it leads, it leads me into the next thing I want to talk about. Cause just today, so we're recording this guy's little behind the scenes. We're, Lou and I are recording on Monday so I can edit Tuesday. But, uh, so as of this Monday, a, uh, a terror attack went off in Russia in St. Petersburg, I believe, and mm, killed, yeah. I think it injured like 50 and killed. It was a bomb in a subway and killed 11, injured 50. They found another bomb in another subway that was supposed to be there. And it's when Putin was in, St. Petersburg, I think, for a visit, some some uh, some visit with another dignitary. So you look at that and, you know, we look at the foreign policy aspect and you say, OK, well, is this, you know, because there really haven't been many terror attacks in Russia. And is this a is this blowback now, you know, finally coming back to Russia because they are now collaborating more with the U.S. and, and attacking ISIS more in places like Syria and in I think I'm, I'm trying to think where else they're active, maybe Yemen. Um, so anyway, what's your take? Do you think this is a direct correlation? Are we going to see more terror attacks in Russia now? Um, well, well, what would surprise me is that uh, nobody, um, at least you know, the last time the last time I, I, I read read up on it, like no one had uh, claimed responsibility for it. Yeah, and, I think uh, you're right. I don't think anybody still it, has. Yeah, and if, I mean, if there's one thing that ISIS is good at, it's claim it's taking responsibility for their actions. You know, that that's just the. Uh, um, <laughs> I guess that's how they they uh, you know they go about. Um, go about their operations. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it, it seems like, Hey, if you find, if, if one bomb goes off and they find another bomb that it's definitely a, uh, you know, calculated, um, uh, example of, uh, of terrorism. I mean, I guess, uh, on top, in addition to the Syrian, uh, their, um, the part that they're playing in, in Syria, I guess, uh, would uh, Chechnya possibly be, uh, you know, the other? Uh, yeah, yeah, the other players. Oh God, so. I was just—it's driving me nuts. I was just reading something about Chechens, and they were doing something horrible, but I can't remember what it was. I oh, oh, I, I said um, in uh, Time Magazine they were uh, well, Time. They also have like a YouTube channel, and they said something like. Uh, Chechen police are rounding up and killing gay men. That was it. Yes, that was exactly what it was. Yeah, and and uh, you know th- one of the quotes that they had, I guess, from a representative of the uh, the leader of Chechnya, the spokesman, he said, uh, he said these are obvious lies because there are no gay men in Chechnya. So, <laughs> and it's and I you know I remember wow. I, mean, I remember when uh, Ahmadinejad, Ahmadinejad, I think uh, <laughs> I, know, I always do the same thing. Ahmadinejad. <laughs> The Iranian dude who uh, didn't wear ties. Yeah, there you uh, go. He had a nice beard, no ties all the time. Right. You know, when he was asked about, you know, the treatment of gays in Iran, he said, well, there are no gays in Iran. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I, I, you know, I, I guess you can't really, you know, mess with that with that logic. Right. Well, you know, yeah. Hard to assail. I, I've, uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I, you know, whenever I can't get up in bed, my, my wife's upset and I say, no, 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 I always get it up. And it uh, doesn't matter what she says because. The reality I've invented is the truth. That's right. That's right. Um, you know what, though? It, it, this is going off on a tangent, but I was having a conversation with a few of my other fellow uh, Lions of Liberty on one of the uh, – we do like these drinking roundtables. But we were talking about Duarte over in the Philippines and how he's just murdering people to the point where, right. <laughs> in an odd twist of events, uh, now there's a bill on the, on the books to legalize marijuana use because he's killed so many people. So – just maybe really? to say that maybe a solution to the drug war here in the U.S. might be to just uh, murder enough people and then our senators will pass bills to, to illegalize it. Yeah. Oh, seriously. oh, like, oh like murder more than that of currently being uh, yeah. murdered with the, the drug war. Exactly. Like Jeez. we have to really full bore just murder everyone that smokes drugs. And then eventually they'll be like, this is just too many people getting murdered. We legalize it because that's literally what's happening in the Philippines. But sorry, I'm going off on a tangent in a tangent. You um, just love talking about murder, man. I, you what love can I say? About murder. I, uh, it's my passion. <laughs> Some people call me a serial killer. I just say everybody's got to have a hobby. Uh, but uh, so, so the question I was going to say, though, is so when you hear about these horrible things, like obviously, you know, libertarian, we don't like to advocate for military use of force, all about the non-aggression principle. But my buddy, 
uh, John Odermatt, who hosts our Felony Friday show, he was saying that, you know, he's all for the voluntary, like voluntary groups. Let's say a bunch of Americans voluntarily got together and they say, we want to go and fight against the Chechen government that's doing this and, and uh, persecuting gays. Uh, and that in that sense, not using state force, but using your own individual force, he said he would be for that. So what is your take on that? What do you think about voluntarist militias going across to uh, to fight for the rights of others? Dude, are you are you trying to recruit me, man? Are you trying to recruit me? <laughs> I am. I am a gigantic pussy, man. There's no I would be I would be the war. I would just be luggage on the uh, on the battlefield. Um, isn't there um What's the technical term for that? Like something mank, M-A-N-Q-U-E or something or something like that, where because um, I, I think we, we've seen we've seen examples of that in the past, like during the, the Spanish Civil War, mm. where Americans, uh, you know, American fighters w- would go to, um, you know, to fight against uh, the, the fascists and, yeah. and that sort of thing. It, it, I mean, it, it it does open up, um, you know, a whole you know, mess of, uh, of, of, you know, I guess when you're talking about the law, I mean, what do you do if, if the people you're fighting against are technically allies with your country, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, I know, you know in, in Syria, um, when, you know, Hillary was, you know, wanted to, you know, arm various, you know, rebels. And, uh, I know I remember Rand Paul coming out and saying like, we don't even know who they are, Yeah, you know, uh, you know, so you arm them one day and then their enemies the next day and all that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, there have been quite a few uh, Americans who've gone over and, and to fight ISIS. And, and yeah, I, well, there's one I remember hearing about one. Uh, she was either Australian or British gal. They called her like the angel of death or lady. Oh, yeah. Do she was a sniper and she just was she was like just volunteered. I guess she was in the military and then she left the military and just went over and just started shooting isis people right in their heads like 25 kills and it's just like goddamn girl <laughs> you know? yeah where, where was she from was she australian you said? i think it's either british or australian yeah she was shockingly not an american you'd think that'd be a very american kind of thing to do but uh right. yeah i mean great now there's still questions that remain as far as you know should you be able to go and just shoot people in the heads who you don't have confirmation they've been doing anything terrible but <laughs> still it's pretty impressive i mean the, the you know, I mean, I'm just thinking like, you know, if you think if you think like if you think like your buddy's bachelor party in Vegas was wild. Imagine <laughs> like just taking, you know, just taking all your, you know, all your guys like right into the Mideast to be like, yo, <laughs> we're going to go fight, man. That's it. Oh, you, oh, just, like- you just leaked the plot to uh, the Hangover 4. Oh, man. Oh, no, she's uh, I just looked it up. She's Danish. She's a oh, Danish, Danish woman by her own country after becoming a yeah, she was branded a terrorist by her own country after becoming a yeah. sniper to fight ISIS. That's what it was. Yeah, um, they told her. Yeah, they said she's a terrorist. And and she t- like she's very pretty and she she kind of looks like like an Instagram model. Yeah, she's uh, really good bit. looking. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in Dan- like to to be Danish. I think you have yeah. to be pretty, or they just drown you. They throw you over the uh, the wall that the people stick their fingers in. They throw you over the dike. Right, right. Oh, I think she uh, was she. Um, well, was she Danish, but of of Kurd- uh, Kurdish um, ancestry? Oh, that, maybe or something? that would make a lot of sense if she was. Because mm. um, I've it's interesting. I have a I, I have a client right now, uh, CDPR. So they they go over and they are, they like document genocides. They started with Holocaust, and now they document genocides, and they're going over and documenting ISIS genocides against the Yazidi people. And, right. Uh, I mean, I can see that if she had any sort of blood on that side, especially as a woman, because like people don't realize you hear about you know the men getting killed and stuff, but the women have it the worst. I mean, they just, they're made into sex slaves. If they're pretty, they're sold and sold and sold with an ISIS. They're just, I mean, raped and their children are brainwashed. It's just like it, the worst. So if she's over there sniping it up, uh, I know it's probably, you know, people will probably give me shit because it's, you know, we don't know for sure if they did anything bad, but it's probably for the best. <laughs> It's. It, it, I love that. Look, uh, we, we don't really know what's happening over there, but it's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. Yeah. Well, well, well I just, um, you know, I, uh, I'm sure like her life has been threatened, like even like you know back home in um, in Denmark. Yeah. Um, you know that 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 must be you know pretty crazy too. I mean, when you just look at the amount of, um, you know, European uh, fighters who have gone over to fight for ISIS, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, isn't it something like in in England? 
um, more fighters have gone, you know, more, more people have gone to fight for ISIS than, uh, more, more Muslim men have gone out to fight for ISIS than are enlisted in like the, the Royal army or something like wow. that. Wow. I mean, I, I believe it. Um, and is it, is, was it Denmark where they did the, the first cartoon, uh, of Muhammad and they, and somebody got killed for it. The cartoonist got killed for it. Oh, um, Oh, that was uh, was it? Just was Van Gogh, Peter Van. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, something yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was yeah, Denmark. It was Danish, yeah, so yeah. clearly they've got Danish their own Russian. share of extremists there as well that are that are willing to use violence. Yeah, yeah, it was the 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 Danish cartoon uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, controversy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that same exact instance. So mm-hmm. yeah, crazy. Um, anything else on that topic? I'm going to throw another one at you. Uh, whew, uh, hit me, hit me. What's the next one? All right. Next one coming up. So this one I was, I, I was shocked by. So as of right now, you're not allowed to arm drones, uh, you know, state by state, but you're not allowed to arm drones. And, uh, in Connecticut, in Hartford, I believe specifically, there's now a local bill, which would allow police to arm drones. Whereas, you know, normal citizens cannot, but the police now will have that monopoly on armed drones. What do you think about that? Well, I, I guess we, um, I think that this controversy, we first saw it, um, during the, um, the Dallas shootings. Um, remember there was, a Oh, was this uh, a robot uh, that went in and killed it? Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. And I think it was one of those things, uh, you know, when it happens, you're like, Oh, they, this is new. Like they haven't been doing this. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think they, I think they attached like an explosive device to the robot, and and then it blew it up next to uh, next to the guy who wasn't, you know, who wasn't surrendering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, you know, it's a it's a it's a tough call. I'm not I'm not, uh, you know, because I think from a from a police, you know, from a police officer standpoint, they want to reduce as much as possible the risk of a policeman getting killed or a, you know, civilian. So I don't know what kind of like accuracy, uh, they're dealing with, but then again, uh, you know, the idea of being able to, you know, take out, um, people, um, you know, possibly without, you know, going through, you know, due process or, or, um, you know, maybe jumping, you know, jumping the gun. Um, you know, I don't mean the, no pun intended because it's like, (laughs) It's like, hey, why do we have to, you know, why do we have to, you know, why do we have to try to negotiate with this person if we can just, you know, right. easily take them out? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think that this is definitely a case where you just need need to remain vigilant. Yeah, I share the same fears that you just expressed and that, you know, you see so often where these cops are either they mistake someone's identity or they rush and make a judgment. They shoot somebody that's unarmed totally. Then you go, okay, well now they're going to put guns on drones. So there's going to be flying drones around. And if they see somebody doing something through a window, you know, uh, maybe a couple is practicing a scene for their play at the local Bucks County playhouse where I grew up. And you know, they're, they're wrestled around and the guy goes, Oh no, it's a domestic disturbance. And the guy's got a knife and he shoots him through a window. That is that's to me like the danger of it, and I I can see that happening. Like I I almost assure you, it will find we'll have a situation that's just like that where there's a mistake and you shoot somebody mm-hmm. by accident because they've got that ability. And yeah, you're don't you're not going to go through the courts. You're not going to wait and negotiate because unless they're going to have uh, you know drones with speakers and loud phones on them and all this other stuff where you can scream through a window. And who wants? And meanwhile, who wants that anyway? I don't want the police to have that ability just. In general, to be flying outside my window and peeking in. So yeah, I don't know. It seems like I can understand the li- the, the step, but I I can't necessarily say that I'm in favor of uh, putting a gun on a drone for police use, especially when when we don't have the ability. Well, you, yeah. I mean, I wonder how how far away that ability is. You know, just for you know the common uh, you know common citizen. I would um, say forever forever off. I don't think it'll I think we'll never ever be permitted to put a gun on a drone. I, I well, well, maybe well, out in rural rural areas for hunting they'll allow it, like Montana or something, but I I mean in LA oh, I don't think man, I'm ever gonna be able to do it. They could use it for hunting? Oh, what dicks. <laughs> Imagine that like that's what hunting becomes. You just it's send just, out your uh, aerial drone. Right. And then whatever it's, at home. it's just playing a video game now. It's like you're playing Deer Hunter at home on your couch. Right. Oh well, yeah. One shot though. That's it. Like the Robert De Niro, Deer Hunter. Uh, um, but who skins but it, it? That's the question. 
I well, you definitely got to get a robot, you know, to do the. Uh, I agree. The See, I'm like yeah. you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a puss. I don't feel like I don't want to skin anything. Not a, I, don't, I will vomit on that deer. You will vomit. Ew, gross. Oh. You just ruined hunting, man. Everyone's like, <laughs> I don't want to ruin hunting because I like the meat, but I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I could do the experience. But meanwhile, don't look at me cross-eyed because I'll kill a man in cold blood. Don't you worry, dude. This. This uh, podcast has been so violent. Um, it's it's pretty nice. Um, going going back to the um, um, you know weaponizing uh, drones for police. Uh, the article you sent me about it. Uh, uh, there was a guy who is what's it? Uh, federal authorities have been investigating a Clinton man's drones, which are seen on YouTube flying, which is seen on YouTube firing a gun and shooting flames in his backyard. So this is like a you know just regular citizen um hooking up guns and flamethrowers apparently to to his drone mm-hmm. and this guy austin hogwart which I, I thought it was like hogwarts for a yeah, second right yeah it sounds sounds magical he's also facing child pornography and other criminal charges which which he denies and it's like I, I gotta say i mean candy is one thing but a weaponized drone is like the best way probably to entice a minor i did not see that coming and I agree with you completely. <laughs> I like where you went with that. <laughs> All right. It took a while. But I think you got your new opening the joke the next time you open up for Ron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I want, uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder how the good doctor uh, feels about that. So, I'm sure he'd say that if the feds can arm drones, anybody can. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if it's your property, if you own a gun and you own a drone, I think you should be able to put them together. I don't think you should be able to molest a child with it. But you know anything up to or, that point, probably. Yeah, fine. or with anything. Or with the, <laughs> good point. Yeah. <laughs> good, I'm, I'm good. definitely, I'm definitely in that in that camp. Good footnote there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here's another one. Let's talk about. Let's do. You know, let's do two more. I think we have time for. I want to do one about this hacker getting arrested and how that plays into a, a, something that I just read about today. And then I want to run by uh, just real quick. We do a thing called Rand pluses and minuses where you give Rand Paul a plus or a minus for his actions. And uh, we'll do a quick one of those at the very end. So first, though, there was a hacker that was just arrested. And the story behind this is he created a tool called a RAT, a remote authentication tool or a remote authorization tool, excuse me. And essentially what it does is allows hackers to to get into uh, to places they shouldn't be for all intents and purposes. So what happened, the feds, they find out that this guy had made this tool, which hackers have used. Uh, even though he himself had not hacked anything, they go in, knock on the door, boom, arrested, and now he's in jail and he's facing uh, all sorts of charges for for you know involving hacking, involving uh, identity theft, etc. So, what do you think? Is this guy should this guy be held responsible for creating a technology? Which, yeah, sure, you know, he probably knew what it could be used for, but he himself has not used it for anything specifically. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I. I, I don't know enough about um, the case. Um, it, it was a long article that you sent me. Uh, too <laughs> that's long. Not, that's not a good excuse. <laughs> too long. Didn't read. Um, but I think. I, I think. I think ultimately, though, you know, if it does go, um, has it gone to trial yet? He is at as of right now. As, as of the time I read it, oh. he was still waiting trial. Oh, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just for my computer just got muted. Um, for some oh no, reason. Sorry. I, could, I could hear you. Cool. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Has it um, has it gone to trial yet? I don't believe it has gone to trial yet. Uh, I believe it's like they're still hoping. Because I'm reading it saying they're hoping to get this this uh, this th- you know the book thrown at him. So no, I don't believe it's in trial as of yet. Yeah, um, something like the example that I was thinking about is the um, the case of uh, of Ross Ulbrich. Um, oh right, and, yeah, and the Silk Road. And mm-hmm. uh, if if you know if your listeners haven't seen. Um, uh, was it the Dark Net? Um, that documentary. I don't um, think I've seen it. I got to watch it. Yeah, uh, Dark Web. I think I think it's I think it's called. And um, um, uh, Alex Winter, who played, I don't know if he was Bill. Or, I don't know if he was Bill or Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, uh, but, he uh, must have been uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill S. Bill? Yeah, Preston Bill S- Esquire. Bill Preston. Yeah, whatever. He was Bill. <laughs> yeah. So so he's doing he's doing um, you know some serious uh documentary so uh, he's got a new one that he's working on about frank zappa 
and this other one that came out, I guess, uh, a couple of years, a couple of years ago about, um, about Ross, uh, specifically. And, um, I think one of the big, one of the problems is, um, you know, stuff like technology is so complicated, um, to understand that the idea of being able to get a jury of your peers who understand it, mm-hmm. uh, seems like it's, it's, you know, like an uphill battle to begin with, like, um, with, with, I think with Ross, uh, with Ross's case, you're dealing with like, um, you know, uh, you know, cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and blockchains and stuff like that. And it's like, well, what, you know, if, if you don't know what that stuff is, and I don't know, uh, what that, what that stuff is. Um, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to love Bitcoin, uh, because I'm a libertarian, but I, I have no, no idea what, um, how to use it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I don't either, but I think there's a difference between that, that case with Ulbrich and Silk Road and with this one, because this guy, so this guy created a, a software essentially. And mm-hmm. then he's like, and then it, but it wasn't him running like Silk Road was an actual server, which, in which people were communicating back and forth and making the deals on. So I think he's, he would be more culpable because he could say, okay, well, yes, it was encrypted, but you were also running the service. So you were like, you were running the system. Like if you own mm-hmm. a place of business and it's a whorehouse, you know, you kind of know what's happening in the whorehouse. Meanwhile, this guy, his uh, his um, software, this this rat software uh, called NanoCore, that's mm-hmm. basically like you download it and then you do what you want with it. So I look at his situation more as in like if you're a gun manufacturer, I don't think you should be responsible for what people do with the gun after it's sold. Right. And this this to me falls in that category where if people are going to use the software, which, hey, he might have created the software for the government to use the good guys, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. he doesn't know what people are going to do with the software, just like a gun manufacturer doesn't know if somebody's going to go rob a liquor store or defend his family from an intruder. So yeah, in that regard, I think it's, you know, this, I think this kid, uh, shouldn't be in jail, shouldn't be in handcuffs, should be walking the streets right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, there, there is something to be said too. I think, um, I think he made it a point to, uh, um, to point out that, um, a lot of his stuff was, um, you know, downloaded without being paid for so it was like you know his you know ip was you know stolen yeah, so you have no idea hack the hacker yeah hack the hacker and he i think he made some attempts to to stop people um if he if he saw that they were using it you know mm-hmm. for hacking or nefarious reasons um yeah i mean you know i wonder you know i wonder what's going to to come of it um because you know I, I think about are you familiar with uh, with cody wilson by any chance uh, um, no, I'm I'm familiar with the Wilson the Wilson Phillips sisters. Wilson Phillips. Well, this is well, this is their little brother. Ah, uh, his name's Cody Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cody Wilson. He made the uh, the 3D printed guns. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, then yes, yeah, like the the Liberator, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's an interesting case because the plans for making the gun was you know released and downloaded. I think you know over a hundred thousand times or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you know. Is he responsible, you know, for that? And and he seemed, you know, you know, pretty open with the idea. Like he wants people to have this information. Yeah. He's disseminating disseminating this information, um, and I think is you know prepared for the consequences yeah. uh, of that. Whereas you know, um, you know, the, this this other kid, you know, t- twenty six years old, um, he he seems like he had he had you know good intentions, uh, but then again, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what. Um, you know, what implications yeah, that? Don't, I mean, but then, you know, neither does the, neither does the FBI. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this, this bleeds into another, uh, another quickie that just, I, I was reading about today on reason, but there's a, a, a bill that they're trying to push through, which attacks the communications decency act section two thirty, And what that is in a nutshell is it's basically a provision wherein, I mean, this thing would literally, this bill would kill the internet and I'll explain why, but it ties into mm-hmm. this case in a way. So essentially what this section 230 of the communications decency act does is it, it provides immunity to companies that create like apps or like for Facebook, for example. So it gives Facebook immunity. If somebody goes on there trolling for children and picks up a child and rapes that child on Facebook, that, you know, Facebook can't be sued for what somebody did on the platform. And, and even if, even if somebody gives it like a thumbs up. Yeah, even no matter right. how many likes the, it has, <laughs> even no matter, how, no matter how many likes the flame throwing drone that lured this child in has, 
they, right. they still can't sue Facebook. And what this bill is seeking to do is add sex crimes to the list of things that are not exempt. So, so it would take away immunity. And basically, that would destroy the Internet. I mean, because if you can sue people over what somebody does on a platform, just like this kid, his software was being used by these people to hack somebody. If people can now say, oh, well, you know what? I went on uh, I went on Instagram and I saw this guy's photo and he told me that he was 15 and then we had sex and it turns out he's 24 and now I'm suing Instagram. Instagram no longer exists, you know, and, and nor would anybody to make that leap to even mm. venture out into the world. So this bill to me seems like one of the most nefarious, horrible things uh, and an affront to to liberties and communication as a whole. But it just, you know, it, it gives you an insight into the the mindset of some people where they don't understand technology. They don't understand the ramifications of a lot of what they're doing, a lot of what they're going after to kind of bring this back to the point you were making earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's wild. I mean, it, you know, it seems like, a, you know, just like an attempt to control um, what, you know, control these technologies. So the easiest way to control it is to connect it with, you know, disgusting, disturbing behavior, right. you know, to say, we want to, we want to protect children from this. Therefore we need to, um, have, have, uh, you know, have authority, uh, over it. Um, as opposed to, because I, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure companies like Facebook and, and, and the like would you know be more than willing to work with authorities to help, you know, trap and, and track down, uh, you know, pedophiles and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So those sort of, uh, those sort of, uh, of people, but yeah, you know, it, yeah, yeah. Anything like with uh, with new technology, there, there is always that question of: Is this going to chill the next big breakthrough right. of uh, uh, you know that could actually uh, you know help people and, and push us you know uh, further along? Yeah, exactly, man. All right, last all right. thing, and then we're all done. So let's do a rant, pluses and minuses. And here's the topic: It's an easy one. Usually it's very complicated, but uh, we got about a, a minute left. So Rand Paul got together with Donald Trump on a golf course, and they were talking about the health care bill. They say oh, they took a nice picture together, pally pally. What do you think, man? Is this a is this a good thing or a bad thing that Rand is being photographed with Trump and talking to him uh, and uh, and trying to trying to make. I don't even know. Make, bake a cookie make out Amer- of a shit sandwich. Make America great again. Make make uh, make uh, health care great again. <laughs> Um, What's your take? Is it a, is a plus or a minus? And then explain why. Um, I, I would say it's probably a a a, a plus. Paulus. Uh, Paulus. <laughs> That's right. I'm 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 so sorry. Uh, I, I fucked up. Please uh, do please it again. Help. Say it. Say it with gusto, and then, then oh, make it it's without a doubt a Paulus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, it's just it's just the reality of you know, you, you have to deal with your executive in chief. Um, and I do like seeing the amount of, um, of dissent, you know, coming from, you know, not only, uh, the Democrats, but also within the Republican party. I think that's, you know, really, uh, really important, but, you know, you know, barring, you know, something, um, uh, you know, substantial happening like an impeachment or something like that. I mean, you, you are going to have to be dealing with the, with the executive branch. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, seems like, uh, seems like a no brainer really. Yeah, I, I agree. It's also a Paul us for me. Well, the reason I bring it up is that you, I mean, you know, libertarians, I, I, I try to be uh, a, a good libertarian, but also uh, I try to, to tread in uh, the grounds of reality. And I, I feel like a lot of times you'll see people attacking Rand for like, you know, why even bother? You know, he's don't meet with Trump. And it's like, come on, you got to, you know, to get things through, you do have to give a little to get a little like there's no doubt about it. And there's sometimes where I will attack Rand because I think he's give too much away. Uh, but for the most part. I love the fact that he's golfing with Trump because because Rand was attacking it hard. He attacked Trump care hard as he should have because Trump care is a nightmare. And it's good to see on both their parts that Rand is not holding any hard feelings. And like you remember the debates, they were going at each other like cats and dogs. It was, you know, it was entertaining as yet. <laughs> yeah, it was something like I forget who pointed it out, but. Uh, I think like his comeback was like you're polling at like one percent or something. Right? Like yeah. That. <laughs> but it's uh, like you know, to Trump's credit, uh, you know, Rand was the 
if not the driver, he was one of you know three or four drivers that destroyed any chance of Trump care passing. And for Trump to be like, all right, let's hit the course and uh, and talk it out and take a picture together. You know, that's one thing you got to really appreciate about Trump and kudos to Rand at the same level. You know, I want to see these people talking about it. Right. Well, you know, um, uh, I think before we started recording, uh, you and I, we we were talking about Scott Adams a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Adams had a had an interesting blog post. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's Scott Adams. He's the uh, creator of Dilbert, the Dilbert uh, comic uh, strip series. And uh, he had a he had a good point about, um, you know, the whole uh, debacle, debacle, if you will, of what happened with, you know, repealing, uh, uh, but with, with, uh, with, uh, the new healthcare thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, you've been calling it Trump care. He's like, but a lot of people know it now as like, uh, Ryan care, you know, it, yeah. it seems like, a, a like a lot of the, um, uh, you know, a lot of it has been sort of, uh, the burden has been shouldered by, by Paul Ryan mm-hmm. on that, um, which, you know, for a, for a Trump presidency, you know, is a is a good thing for you know Trump as far oh, as totally you know, I, not being not being necessarily associated with uh, with with that failure. Well, it's the wizardry yeah. of Trump where you start to wonder because Donald Trump is playing. We talk about like it's like he's playing 4D chess half the time where you go, all right, did he like his tax return with Rachel Maddow? It's like did he leak his own tax return to make her look dumb? Right. <laughs> he might yeah. have, you know, like people sell him short. And I, I, I have to tell him, like, is he just doing something dumb or is he doing something so brilliant that we just don't know yet how it's going to play out? Because, I mean, look, Paul Ryan was an opponent of his and Paul Ryan has now been crucified over this bill. Like he is probably not going to be speaker of the House anymore. He's done. Yeah. So Trump, yeah, and, you know, his 40 chess, his wizardry, you know, and 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 all the, uh, you know, all the stuff that's happening with Russia, like. It's so hard for me to keep track of, you know, I'm just every day I'm like, wait, what what happened? Right. You know, what's new? And I, I saw this hashtag going around uh, Obamagate. Um, and it seemed like it was just, you know, picked up like on the, uh, you know, for, for those on the right, like, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Hannity and, and stuff like that, um, saying that Obama was actually spying on Trump before, mm-hmm. you know, during the campaign. And I'm like, I'm like, where are we? You know, what, what what's happening? I, I need I need someone to, you know you know, take me aside and, and make a diagram yeah, right, as far yeah, as, you know, yeah. what's, you know, what happened, when it happened, what, it's you know, still, what it's still being unraveled every day. I read another new update about it. it. It seems to me like I actually have no doubt in my mind that they definitely were spying on Trump, but I don't know if it's in like specifically we are spying on Trump or if it's just that they're spying on everybody all the time. And then they just, you know, like this, this uh, revelation today that <laughs> Susan Rice was making is like, Oh, well she asked for, the names to be unblackened from the Trump Tower just because they're just surveilling all of us. So it's just a matter of being like, well, who was that really? You know? Right. Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, I just feel bad that if anyone's surveilling me, they're just going to be bored out of their minds. <laughs> Watching the Smurfs reruns and talking to your <laughs> exactly. grandma. <laughs> exactly. Now, well, well, now I'm planning on going and fighting ISIS. So that's, you know, so that's good. I got that going for me. Got your sniper yeah. rifle and your hot Danish girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Uh, guys, I want to remind everybody here to go check out LouPerez.net. He's going to be touring around. So make sure go catch him. And if you do, tell him the Lions of Liberty sent you. Warm everybody's hearts. Uh, also okay. check out we the internet TV. Awesome videos kind of they're coming out just constantly from there. Really smart political stuff, funny stuff. Check out unsafe space podcast. And, uh, you know, from my side of, of things, I just want to say thank you so much, Lou, for, uh, it's good to finally connect with you, man. This was a joy and a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah, and it, it flew by. I had a really good time, man. Thanks yeah, a lot. Totally. Well, well, we'll have you back on. It'll be fun. I mean, maybe I'll grab you and, and uh, Toby next time. We'll have a threesome. Yeah. Good time for That's, all. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. So thank you all from uh, Lions of Liberty, from Electric Liberty Land. And I want to remind everybody to always stay plugged in to Liberty. <laughs>